Welcome to Soren Lit. Dr. Dion Bates is a licensed professional counselor in private practice who holds a bachelor's in sociology with emphasis in deviant behavior, a master's in counseling psychology, and a doctorate in clinical psychology. In clinical practice almost 20 years, Dr. Bates has observed that the root of many individuals' emotional and psychological distress is their inability to integrate their true selves into various realms of their lives. The author of the Self-Solstice Model of Affirmation and the newly released journal, The Emotional Lifeline and Mapping Journal, Dr. Bates works with her clients to help them reach optimal mental health by affirming self, affirming others, and living authentically. From 2010 to 2015, Dr. Bates was an educational psychologist at Georgia Southern University's Counseling Center, where she had responsibility for the students' mental health needs, as well as providing education and support to faculty and staff. She also served as Safe Space Coordinator and represented the Counseling Center on the University's Professional Development Council. Dr. Bates taught graduate studies, serving as adjunct professor at uh, Georgia Southern's College of Education and Alabama A&M's University's Department of Psychology and Counseling. The owner of Self Solstice LLC in Marietta, Georgia, she provides a range of psychotherapeutic and supervision services and has provided consultative services to several agencies and organizations, including the award-winning Black Emotional and Mental Health Collective, or BEAM, where she served as Senior Mental Health Advisor from 2017 to 2022. Dr. Bates has participated in discussions on human sexuality and sexual health with first-year Emory University medical students. Her research has included identity development, LGBT issues, and a stage model of affirming self and others. Her writings have also been featured in the Atlanta Tribune, Blavity.com, Your Tango, Daily Work, and numerous regional, national, and international newspapers and academic journals. Well, I don't really consider myself a writer. Um, and, and Melody, you and I keep having this argument, but I promise y'all I am not a writer. Um, if, any, if anything, the writing that I've done has really, a lot of it has been out of necessity just because I've been in school for a, a while and several of my degree programs required me to do a lot of research and a lot of writing. Um, but then I think also after um, I finished school, there were periods where um, things just really started to kind of speak to me. And so I might write an article here or I might write an article there. Um, in terms of how the South has influenced the writing that I've done, um, one thing is that my parents both grew up in the segregated South. Uh, my mom comes from a small rural town called Valley, Alabama, and um, again, grew up during a time of segregation. Um, my dad uh, was from Mobile, Alabama, and you know, during the time that they were very young, um, it was oftentimes very dangerous for black folks uh, in the South when it came down to um, you know, just kind of exerting their power and, 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 and just empowering themselves within 
uh, the community and within society. Um, after my mom and my dad were married, I, I remember they the, them talking about having moved to Selma, Alabama, um, where I spent most of my teenage years. And upon moving there, my mom initially was teaching school, but she realized that, yeah, she was not a school teacher. She, she does not have the patience to deal with children. Um, but a part of what she was involved in were the mass meetings um, for the voting rights. She was actually on the bridge um, the day of Bloody, uh, Bloody Sunday in Selma. And um, it's funny because when she used to talk to us about you know, being on the bridge, she used to say, you know, for some reason, the day just got really, really dark and it's just like a cloud that just came out of nowhere. And I was like, you know, Ma, have you ever thought about that? Maybe it was the tear gas that they were, that they had, um, that they had started on you guys. And so um, that sometimes is a laugh, you know, she was so involved in what was going on that, you know, it was, there were certain things that even though she was in the, in the pit of danger, there were certain things that she was just kind of oblivious to. Um, and I think that, you know, being in Selma as a teenager in the 80s, it was still, in a lot of ways, there was still a lot of separatism and um, a lot of classism. And, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, just kind of between those worlds and, and trying to figure out my own self, um, where I fit in, um, who I am as an individual, um, I, I think that that um, the, the idea of identity really helps to um, inform the, the, the writing that I've done, as, as well as the work that I do um, in my office with clients. A lot of my work is centered around um, identity development, learning how to affirm self, um, learning how to affirm other people, um, because oftentimes many of us come from a culture, and you know we all come from a culture, and Many of us come from cultures where a lot of times we don't necessarily have permission to be our authentic, innate self. We have so many external uh, variables that are influencing who we are, and sometimes who we are innately kind of gets um, drowned in the, the external expectations of that culture. Um, so I guess in that way, that's kind of how I ended up you know, really kind of veering more towards doing work um, on identity development and, and doing, you know, some of the writing that I've done. I've talked about, you know, just kind of my own journey in the South um, and, and how, you know, my parents who were raised in, in the segregated South and how, how they were raised informed how they raised me. Um, and then from that standpoint, trying to figure out the um, the innateness about me that kind of transcended um, the culture that I grew up in. Um, so, yeah, if anything, I would say that that's kind of you know my life growing up in the South and just um, how my parents were raised and how that translated over into how they raised me um, kind of got me where I am in terms of just really trying to figure out who I am outside of the culture that I grew up in. Um, I don't know that I necessarily have a quote-unquote fear when I'm creating. Um, 
I think when it comes down to fear, a lot of times I can, I'm very sensitive to maybe not being fearful, but, but making sure and being concerned that the information that I am talking with my clients about and the ways in which I empower them um, to do their own work and to do their own healing, um, my hope is that I can do so and not be hypocritical, meaning if I'm encouraging my own clients to do their work, then it's really important to me to always be in the process of doing my own work and just being really open and receptive and having a willingness to really do the work. So if anything, I just want to make sure that I'm always vigilant about doing what I need to do for myself as I'm empowering my clients to do for themselves. Um, in terms of fear, um, I think for me though, when it comes down to things that I've written, um, you know, obviously I, I want people to read it, you know, um, I, I want people to, to, to kind of see, you know, what my thoughts were. Um, but I think more than anything, what I desire, uh, so this may not necessarily be a fear, but what I do desire is that um, people will be receptive of my work. And those individuals who are receptive of my work, my hope is that my work is, um, that it facilitates healing for them um, in whatever way healing looks like for them. My present writing project. Um, so the latest project that I have is a journal that I released earlier this year, and it's called the Emotional Lifeline and Mapping Journal. And basically, you know, this is work that I'd already been doing with my clients. Um, usually the first question I ask a client when they come into my office is, how are you feeling emotionally? And even now, um, as long as I've been doing this, and, and I've seen some of the clients that I have, I, I've been seeing them probably four or five years. Sometimes even they come in and they're trying to figure out how they're feeling emotionally. They haven't really thought about it because they know that I'm going to ask them that. And, and as I say to them, part of the reason that I ask that question is a little bit for my benefit, but more so for their benefit and for them to really start asking themselves that regularly outside of the room. And so the Emotional Lifeline and Mapping Journal really um, helps to empower users to properly identify their emotions, um, as well as develop clarity so that they can develop healthy responses and nurture their well-being. Um, this journal, I'm, I'm really, really proud of this journal. And I want to give a shout out to um, Marilyn Mari uh, Nieves, who was the graphic artist um, I, I really appreciate all the hard work that she put into this journal, but the journal is great. It's it's a hardback journal, so it's a little bit more pricey. Um, but also with that, you know, you get 60 entries um, and a lot of space to not only explore your thoughts and your feelings and, and to just kind of journal how you're feeling, but you also, in those entries, you also get a map to actually identify your emotions and map your emotional responses. And you get 60 days of this. 
And the reason that I wanted it to be so big was because, you know, with repetition comes, you know, um, proficiency. Uh, because again, a lot of us grew up in cultures where we really didn't have permission uh, to allow our, um, our our emotions to exist. And so this journal helps to facilitate that. It allows you to start giving your emotions permission to exist, uh, which is really important in terms of how we manage our emotions. Um, oftentimes we try to control our emotions, but we don't control our emotions. We can manage our emotions. But if we don't manage our emotions, what happens is that our emotions start to control us. And so with this journal, um, it allows you the opportunity to identify your emotions. For those who have difficulty identifying emotions, there's a list of emotions there for you to pick from. There's even room there for you to write in new emotions that you that you come up with. Um, and then you can go through the process of just kind of mapping um, what's causing the emotion. What is the significance of the cause of that emotion? Where's the emotion showing up in your body? And what is the root emotion? So that is the project that um, is, is my newest project and the one that I'm probably most focused on now. Um, and, you know, the holidays are getting ready to come up. So, you know, go ahead and I'll talk to you about how you can purchase it. You can purchase it for yourself. You can purchase it for someone else. I can tell you that as you use this journal, it's really, really helpful, particularly in relationships, because it can help you to stay out of that cycle of just kind of going back and forth about reactions and help you to be more proactive about what's going on so that you can focus the conversations around those emotions. I don't necessarily know if I would consider this a sacred text, but my favorite book of all time is The Feast of All Saints by Anne Rice. Um, and, you know, many of you know, people who are familiar with Anne Rice, they know that she is from New Orleans. And, you know, I think depending upon who you talk to, New Orleans is located in the South. Um, so, you know, in, in a lot of ways, she is somewhat of a Southern girl. But the reason that I really love this book is because um, Anne Rice really sticks to the history, um, the, the way history um, happened in terms of, you know, starting out the, the, the book as well as the movie. They later made a movie out of it, but starting the story with the Haitian Revolution. Um, when the, 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 the slaves in Haiti um, rised up against the, um, the French. And, you know, that happened, I think, like late 1700s, early 1800s. And then, you know, several of those individuals being brought to New Orleans um, in the Creole Society, which they call the Jean de Couleur um, Libre, or the Free People of Color. And the story really gives a great understanding about that society and the quadrant balls and what it was like for individuals um, going back generations and generations, having to live in New Orleans, um, trying to really navigate various identities, particularly with uh, a mother who um, 
who may have been the mistress of a slave owner, um, but also them having to live with their mother and not being allowed in the society of their white slave owner father. And so that book really, really speaks to me um, just because I think that um, she keeps the history very accurate. And I, I, I think that it, it's, it's something that, you know, from the Haitian Revolution going into New Orleans, and when you think about just kind of the South and um, slavery and the utilization of, 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 of Black resources and, and just kind of how all of that took place in the South, um, that for me um, is, is, a, is a really powerful story. I know most people associate Anne Rice with vampires, I don't do vampires, but I do really, really love this book, um, The Feast of All Saints. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. And if you haven't checked out the movie, I would encourage you to check that out too. I think another reason why this book speaks to me and maybe the movie speaks to me is because when they did the movie, of course, Anne Rice had her, um, had her input in the movie, but the movie actually is kept almost... Um, in alignment with the book. There are some subtle differences between the book and the movie, um, but they did a really, really great job at trying to stay true to the book. Who am I? I am I who at inception was so intricately intrepid that I married me to conceive myself. I am delicately dainty in my twenty pearls, yet thoughtlessly dapper in the swagger of my manner. Who am I? I am endlessly evolving, not merely in my existence, but living fully the reality of my actuality. I am nascent in my nomenclature. As I am tripartite of the tie between Grover and Harriet and the tribal ancestors that traveled before them, just as Yeshua Mashiach is tied to Mary God and Obatala and Doshun to Oladamare, these troikas theosophically tie me to all humanity. Oh yeah, I am inclined to be ironically humble, having heroic potential with the propensity of hellish proclivity in the face of injustice. I am tacitly reserved, yet tenaciously assured. I am you, and you are I. Do you know who I am? <laughs> uh, but do you know who you are? I am who I say. I am. And you, you can be whoever you say you are. Just be good to you. Because when you are, you can't help but be good to me. Ashe. So, you all can find my stuff um, on my website. It's Dr. D, D as in David, Bates, B-A-T-E-S dot com. Um, if you purchase my journal, the Emotional Lifeline and Mapping Journal, if you purchase it from the website, if you go in and put in code AFFIRM, A-F-F-I-R-M, 15, the number 15, 
that will give you 15% off the purchase of the book. Um, the book is also available on Amazon, but the um, because because um, because of printing, the markup is, is is a little bit more on Amazon, and so I encourage anyone who is interested in the book to go to my website, drdbates.com, to purchase the book. The other thing too is that if you purchase the book from my website, when I send it, I will also autograph it for you. Um, I can also be found on other social media platforms, Facebook at Self Solstice LLC. That's S-E-L-F hyphen S-O-U-L-S-T-I-C-E LLC. And I can also be found on Twitter at Self Solstice. I haven't made it over to the Instagram metaverse yet. Uh, I probably never will. Um, but right now, I, I can be found on my website, I can be found on Facebook, and I can be found on Twitter. Thank you so much, Melly Mel, Melody, and Soren Lit. Thanks so much for listening to Soren Lit. I am Melody Rogers, uh, your founding editor of Soren Lit and podcast producer. Please review the work of our featured writers and other creatives by following our website at soarinlit.com. That's S-O-R-E-N-L-I-T.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you soon.